All right, welcome to the Rekindling Ministries Fireside Chats, and this is the first episode, Mm -hmm. and this one's going to be very, very different than all the other ones that we've done. We explained a little bit of this in that last episode I did at the end of season three to kind of wrap it up. Where in the first three seasons, as we did the uh, the lenses and we did the Know Self, we did the unpacking series, everything was super outlined, super structured, super in-depth. They all ran, I don't think any of them were under like 40 minutes, yeah, maybe like one. So. Um, and then, um, but most of them ran hour and a half, two, sometimes three hours. So season four is going to be starting later this year and so in the interim we wanted to do these fireside chats and we purposely we've been talking about doing something different and so what these are going to be um we have three of us here in this episode and we're going to have anywhere from you know three to six as we do these i'll have you guys introduce yourselves in a second um but this is much more uh low-key and casual it's there's we don't have an outline that we're a specific outline that we're going off of It's, it's a lot more give and take one of the things that I've valued, so you know, in, in the unpacking studies that we've done and in like in like um just even like the Thursday night community group that we have, that some of those discussions where it's just give and take are awesome. Yeah. Um and it's people you know, feeding off each other and it's it's just it's it's a very like um just natural flow to it. And so we decided to go ahead and try these fireside chats to see if we if we can if we can do that. So we're just gonna run with this. Um I don't know how each episode's gonna look. I think as we continue doing more and more of these episodes they might get a you know better flow to them, so we'll see how how this this first one goes. Uh, but anyways, let, let's do some introductions. So uh, my name is is Shannon Kirkpatrick, and I'm the the director of Rekindling. My name is Zach Rios, and I've been helping out with all these different podcasts. And I recently graduated from Liberty and started a Masters of Theology from Dallas Theological Seminary. Congrats! Thank you. And I'm Craig DeLuca, and I've been a guest on a couple of the podcasts. I've done several of the unpackings, and I'm helping out on uh, one of Shannon's other rekindling projects. So Yeah, the Know They God, which we've, we've referenced a little bit, I think, before. Uh, and we have Ghost here, too, so if you yeah. see me calling for her, it's because she's getting into some trouble. Um, ghost is, is my dog, not another person. <laughs> ghost. Um, another thing that I was thinking of, when I was a kid... We used to listen to albums still. Like my dad had a huge album collection, and so of course he had Leonard Skinner and Alabama mm-hmm. and all those. And, and which I really like. I still that's the music I knew kind of growing up. Um, but we also listened to Alvin and the Chipmunks. Um, and then, but I remember we had a Christmas album. I don't remember the name of it. I don't remember who created it or who produced it. But it was a bunch of kids. I, th- I think the ages ranged from like six years old to like eighteen, mm-hmm. and they were telling Christmas stories and you can imagine they were all like sitting around in the living room and, you know, and, and kids being kids talking over each other, et cetera. And they did, I think they even sung a little bit, but I remember just like, you could hear all the different voices and you, Oh, that's the old, that's the oldest boy. Oh, that's the youngest boy. Oh, that's the, that's the teenage girl that doesn't talk very much, whatever. And you start to pick up on those, those accents. So that's also kind of the feel that I've got for these, these fireside chats is that as, as people are listening, instead of this um, methodical point by point, you, you guys get to pick up on our own personalities mm-hmm. uh, as they come out. One, one, another big thing for this whole series, and I'll probably try to reference this most episodes, is w- when we did the unpackings and the lenses, that was rekindling material, and we presented it. And most everyone had taken that study, so they were familiar with it. They kind of gave their own little insights, but for the most part, everyone was on the same page with that material. Behind the scenes, though, we have different theologies, different politics. Um, and it's funny because I'm, I'm thinking of all the different ones that eventually will invite into this. With every single individual, it's like, ooh, so I, I agree 
with these two topics with that person, these four <laughs> topics with that person, right? Yep. And and like no, I don't think anybody in the group is like a hundred percent all on the same page on on anything. No, um, and so. it's different degrees. And so one of the things that I I think is really cool through scripture is this idea of unity in the midst of diversity and so we it's it's not uniformity it's unity and so we're all you know all of us here are believers in jesus we believe it in the bible we have different takes on certain passages different approaches to the text different conclusions and theology etc um but we're always on we're always headed in the same direction Hmm. so as you're listening to these fireside chats one of the things that i hope that you get out of it is um Watching how these individuals who can disagree do so po- fairly politely, you know, yeah, uh, and in love. Yeah, we're going to try to avoid any s- screaming matches or cursing or any of that kind of thing. Um, but but I'm actually okay with there being tension sometimes. I, I think about some of the people in the group are a little further on, you know, the extremes on the spectrum. Um, and as I'm going to facilitate this more than anything. And so, but I'm okay with a little bit of tension because I want people to see, hey, Christians are going to have tension sometimes. Hmm. How do they How do they handle that, right? So... With this first episode, the topic that I wanted to do for the very first one is discussing why people have different perspectives and conclusions on theology, politics, doctrine, etc. So the main point, the main point of this conversation is, you know, if if there is like absolute truth, why doesn't everybody agree on everything, um, and and what does that mean? So that, that's, that's, that's what we're going to discuss today. So what I'm going to do first is I, I made a, a list of some of the factors that I saw in why people ha- are, have differences, and then I'm, I'll have you guys add some other factors that you've observed, and then we'll pick a handful of them. We won't, we won't discuss all of them. <laughs> we'll pick a handful of them, and, and we'll discuss them. Does that sound good? Okay. Yeah. So, so what I did with my list was I broke down, I put it into two categories. The first category are those factors that actually affect the truth or the concept or the idea and then the second set of factors are those things that actually affect people. So the first is ideas, factors that affect ideas, and then factors that affect people. So I'll just, I'm just going to list these off, and then, and then we'll go from there. Um, so one, one factor in this is when we mix absolutes and preferences. Hmm. So sometimes like we have a personal preference, but we think it's an absolute that everybody should hold to. Um, another one is a lot of times if you're discussing some theory, you know, theology, doctrine, po- po- political uh, program or whatever, if you're discussing it in a vacuum, life doesn't always play out in a vacuum. And so usually life plays out in a complex situation. So it's like, yeah, in a vacuum, that's correct. But bec- but given this, there's a complex situation going on here, it's not quite as black and white as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a third factor would be the idea between zero sum and yin yang. So zero sum would be if my idea is right, all other ideas have to be wrong. Where yin yang is, the ideas can actually complement each other, even if they're different. Now, if they're opposites, right. that becomes more problematic. Um, and so that's that's the three main ones with ideas. Um, I put underneath the zero sum and yin yang. When um, I can explain all this later, but the idea of moral foundations. This was from that book I read, The um, Righteous Mind: Why Good People Fight Over Religion and Politics, and it talked about how there's six moral foundations or taste buds, and all humans have all six but to different degrees with different emphasis. So those are the ones from like kind of the factors that might play into the ideas or concepts themselves. As far as people go, I had a bunch of factors. One is inherent presuppositions. So this is genetics or nature. Just the way that your mind is formed 
you have certain dispositions toward one direction or another. We can talk more about that later. Uh, a second one is nurture. So yeah, you have nature and nurture. Mm-hmm. So with nurture, the environment that you grew up on, in, experiences that you deal with, um, that's going to affect your conclusions on all these ideas. Uh, and the third one is tribalism uh, or um, team thinking. There's different phrases that you could use with that. But the idea there is, is once you find yourself agreeing with another group of people then because of that tribalism that gets that much more entrenched because you, you you got somebody you're, you're kind of fighting alongside um and, and it creates more strength in those and then distorted thinking this becomes a huge one for all of us humans nobody has perfect understanding nobody has perfect vision and so we all have um distorted perception we all have distorted processing and conclusion making and we always need to be recognizing that i have a distorted view of things what's the lady's name rosaria butterfield Mm -hmm. she talks about uh, distorted things so again we we can expand that later um and then some some examples of distorted thinking you have your you think at the gut level and also the rational level and those two can kind of play off each other or cause problems you have um, the limited perspective and processing which i talked about oh another one is in general the mind prefers simple explanations to complex situations and so or complex descriptions and so people want to hold to a simple answer when that's not always the case uh and then cognitive biases i actually pulled up here on my computer uh this chart that lists like 172 different cognitive biases which are all different um distortions of of how we think and then the last one i put on this list was we as humans don't like to be wrong Hmm. and so once we conclude something even if it was distorted and then later on evidence is shown to be contrary it's really hard for us psychologically to admit that we were wrong so those are those are the initial factors that i came up with craig what are some other ones that you have um Let's see, mine are more specific as in, like, situational. Um, you kind of did the one as far as, like, the perspective you're coming from about something. Um, what you're raised on. So, if you grew up in a family that went to a Nazarene-type church, mm-hmm. your theology, because it's what you've experienced, is going to be that. If you grew up in a Republican house or a Democrat household, typically your politics are going to be what you grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um so as far as biblical stuff, um, reading the Bible, how much are you reading it and how much are you just going and listening to other people talk about it? Hmm. Um, you're gonna, you can be very different things going to sermons from one church and then actually reading the Bible yourself. Right. And then um, another one is um, relevance. You know, a lot of people think biblically wise um, things from 2000 years ago don't apply today. Mm-hmm. And so if you take more of that mindset, you might not. Your theology is going to be different from someone that says, no, it's very applicable to today. Um, we all come, we all find different things more important than others. Yep. Oh, yeah. And so if I decide I'm going to land on this topic more than that topic, of course, either my theology or my politics are going to be different because of that. And then um, how much, especially for Christians when it comes to the theology is how much we let the world influence the way we believe what the Bible says. Um, Because there's a lot of pushback, particularly these days, about Christian thinking. And so to fit in or to just make it easy, it's, you know, take the easy road and change your theology on what the Bible says to fit in Mm -hmm. with what Mm -hmm. the world's telling you it should say. So Mm -hmm. those are probably the, those are most of the ones I came up with. Okay. Um, And and then, go ahead. Yeah, I also have a couple. Um, I, I think that, and they're pretty similar to what you guys have been saying, but I think that background obviously is such a big part, whether it's, 
um, your family background, geographical background. Um, if you grew up in a small town versus a big city, that's going to influence the way you think about a lot of things, especially as it relates to politics, just the atmosphere that you've been in, who you let influence you. Um, and so if you are listening to some of what you were saying with like who you're listening to, what sermons you're listening to, what articles you're reading, just the different ways that we can get information really shapes the way that we think about that information because of uh, just bias and all of these different things. And then also, I think that um, the difference between firsthand research versus summary, I think really mm-hmm. affects how people see things. Um, because with a lot of political things, I've read articles that summarize what um, goes on in like, let's say a congressional hearing, but then I've sat and actually listened to four or six hours of it and it paints a different picture. And so actually taking the time to go through and look at something as opposed to just reading a summary of whatever that subject is, mm-hmm. which really fits back to what you were saying about, um, people preferring a lot of times in a lot simple. of situations, the simple versus the complex, um, because it's just easier to skim than it is to study and yeah. it takes less time and all the rest personal values like what you were saying Craig I think is a huge um like what you give huge part to. of it yeah so what is it um and this even goes back to some of the things that we've talked about Shannon based off that book that you were reading mm-hmm. just with those different um levels which I think it may even be helpful to go for you to go through the six of them just because I, yeah. I think that that really does paint a picture of if you value this over this then you're more inclined to believe those sort of things. And then also just how you deal with authority, I think plays a lot into both your theological and political views. If it's something, um, just the way that you view those different things, it, it really affects. What should the goal here be? Like, should the goal be that everybody should be, should have all the exact same conclusions? I no. I just, I, to me, the goal should be when you are hearing someone disagree with you, just keep in mind that there are differences in background, what they're going through, what they've seen. And and to remember that for yourself, too. Like, oh, they're getting so mad at me, but they don't know the reason that I'm – the direction I'm coming from. Yeah. So just having that in your mind when you're talking to other people. And I also think that recognizing that when people have an idea that's different than yours, they're not dumb. And it's not because they haven't thought through things. Um, that's not something, necessarily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That – um, right. They just, could have thought through the thing yeah. that you think is yeah, so no, I'm, I'm just saying that for a long time, I had a view of when someone believes something different than me, it's just like, well, you should just study it a little bit and then you would come to the same conclusion I have. Uh, just this posture really of arrogance and um, just like, well, of course you would come to this conclusion, yeah. um, but it's much more complicated than just. Yeah. So just on, on a spectrum where let's say uh, at 100 there's only one right answer that everyone may not hold to, but if they don't hold to it, they're wrong. Whereas zero, the far far left end, would be everybody can have whatever the answer they want and all those answers must be celebrated. Now, obviously this is going to depend on the issue at hand, right? Yeah. But in general, where do each of us fall in that spectrum? It really, it really depends on the issue. <laughs> because I can... So I would tend to go towards, and and obviously this is from my perspective, the hundred. Uh, there is one right answer, mm-hmm. and that is the answer everyone should have. 
Now, doesn't mean I'm always going to know what that is, but that is the angle I tend to lean towards. Yeah. What about you, Zach? See, I don't know how I would average it because it is just such an issue-to-issue thing, and I think that there's a lot of preference. And so I do think that with... Because I'm trying to figure out like what percent of things are preference and what things um, are actually like more scriptural, what truth. Well, and and we're assuming, by the way, if it's a preference issue, then you need to go more towards the left. Everybody, like, for example, like, what's your favorite color? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's so I, more to the left, whatever color you want, right? Yeah. But, but we're assuming not preferences. We're assuming there's actually some like. There is an actual answer. There's an actual answer. And so even with that, though, saying that there's an actual answer is saying that it's towards the hundred side of things. <laughs> right. And so it's just, I, I would say that I'm probably also more towards the hundred. Um, and I tend to start there. And then if it is a preference issue, then I'll try and swing back over. But I, I tend to view things more towards yeah. there's just one answer. I think I'm probably in like my default starting point would be like the 70s. Um, but then just really ready to, okay, no, the more that I've researched it, I, I need to move into the nineties or the more that I researched, it needs to be in the sixties or fifties. Right. But my, my default was probably to start in the seventies and then go from there. Hmm. Um, so, so again, preferences, we're already on the same page like with like with co- your favorite color or your favorite restaurant. That is what it is. Um, uh, when you get into theology and politics, you start to get more there's a right answer. Not necessarily there's one and only one correct answer. That depends on the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Because I even think that it's a little more nuanced than that because it becomes a question of where do you draw the line between what's considered a preference thing and what's a, like, there's only one answer thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would say that there's a number of scriptural theological issues that there is only one answer. Who Christ is, is one of those. Um, Scripture is another one of those. But then there's a lot of theological issues that there are different camps, and it really does seem that Scripture allows that in spectrum. And so really we should hold that more towards um, not the zero side of the scale, but have more flexibility for that to be leaning towards a preference type issue as opposed to saying that it's an only one way type issue. And I think that a lot of times... Uh, even just in my own church background, I think that that culture gets into a lot of trouble because we assign too many things. Mm-hmm. No, that can't be a preference issue. We must have pews, not chairs. Right. And so it's just interesting. Where do you draw that line? So the, there's an underlying assumption that we're all three of us are making here. I think most people would agree with this. Um, you need to have, it starts with a D and ends with insernment. Yes, my favorite. Yeah, it seems that you need yeah. to have discernment right from the get-go to be able to, to discern whether this is a preference issue or a nuanced, there's different camps and approaches, yin-yang type thing, or it is more of a one correct answer. Um, now, everyone, human nature, you're going to assume you have discernment, mm-hmm. right? How do we test that? How do we, how do we, what are some ways to, well, let me answer, uh, let me ask two questions. You can answer whichever you want. One would be, how do you test that you actually have discernment? And then a related question would be, what are some things on this list that we just described that are going to really hinder discernment? It's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I can rapid fire you an answer back. I, I think that 
a lot of the things on the list would hinder discernment, but to different degrees, obviously. Um, in the extreme form, like as each of those individual points becomes more extreme, I think that it becomes more hindering to your discernment. Um, if you go too too deep, so to speak, into any single area, mm-hmm. then it really is going to be... Because like with tribalism was one of the things that you mentioned. Yeah. As you get more and more people around you that think the exact same way as you, then you're going to see those as, no, we all agree on this one issue, so that's the only way that it could be. Yeah. So you're not able to discern what other things are. Um, and I, I don't remember everything that you listed off, but I think that with most of them, it would seem that the further you get into that, the more your discernment is going to be skewed. Well, as far as like testing discernment, I don't really know of like a great test necessarily, but I do know that if you are not studying and trying to learn on your own without just being told things, um, you won't know if you have discernment or not. Right. So you need to know what the word of God says and how he feels about it and how the writers of the Bible felt about it in order to discern something. And even there, we're making the assumption that we're trusting in Scripture. Right. And so some may, you know, if, if people are listening that haven't made that decision yet, um, I'm not telling you make that decision. Go research it. You know, we, we, we've, we've each, well, let's, let's do a quick side note here. What are one or two reasonings that have made you decide to trust Scripture? Because obviously this is a Christian mm-hmm. podcast or whatever, but... Um, and so the general assumption is we're going, we're going off scripture when we do these. What are one or two reasons for you? I, I, one of the reasons that uh, has really impacted me is just looking at the textual criticism side of the actual biblical text and how reliably it actually has been passed down from when it was written. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the Old Testament texts written thousands of years before yep. B.C., and just how reliable it actually has been maintained when you compare that to other ancient literature, such as Homer's Iliad and just some of these other things. The research is all out there, um, but just thousands and thousands of yeah. manuscript evidence that points back to this collection of books that we read as the English New Testament is based off of reliable data yep. that is historically founded. Okay, So I think that that's one aspect. Um, And then also how intricate the arguments in scripture are. Like there are so many different facets and it's the type of thing that as you continue to study, you continue to learn more and you continue to learn how it confirms itself Mm -hmm. with the different arguments that are presented with the congruency between um, what we see in the Old Testament and what we see in the New Testament and all of the individual authors with the giant time frame that they're writing within. Just that consistency. Okay. What were you, Craig? So, um, yes, the, re- the research and, and looking into listening to podcasts from very smart people about where we got our Bible, how it was put together, um, it's very convincing. Um, also, I'd say in high school when I found creation science hmm. and it was like, oh, I, that's opened up a whole new like trust for me in, in what the Bible has said. Um, because, you know, going to public school, I was right. always trying to marry evolution and big bang and the bible and it was hard um but then yeah finding that really helped me out um and then honestly just the more i study it um do the the unpackings and it it just it makes a lot of sense and 
it really helpful in, I mean, I, there's like a lot of things about me that have changed that I didn't even ask for. And it just started changing yep. because of studying. And yep. so it gives it just, I don't know, that extra oomph, like, well, it's changing you without you trying because it's real. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty much mine, th- the three that you guys mentioned, the how it got formed and the accuracy of the copying over the years is one. Um, and then all the complexities and how it all plays off each other and confirms each other is the second one. And then by actually applying it and the mm-hmm. changes that I've seen happen in my life. So, yeah, same thing. Uh, OK, so coming back to the, this first main topic. So it seems that the first thing we need to do is is to try to get a dis, uh, dis, we need to try to get distorted thinking. <laughs> we need to try to get discernment. Um, discernment seems to go a long way, and so let's create a checklist. Now, can you ever be a hundred percent certain that you have a hundred percent clear discernment? Probably not. No, I don't. Yeah, think I don't so. think so. So it seems that you could create a checklist. That the more the items are getting checked off the checklist, that tends to increase the chances mm-hmm. that you're being more discerning. Okay, so so one, so I'm actually making a list here. Maybe we'll we can type this or put this up on when we post the podcast. So one thing, Craig, you already mentioned. Um, it seems that the more research in detail, the better off, right? So so the more you're researching, the more you're actually trying to get as many details as you can. That typically, the more you're doing that, the better that's going to help. Yeah, and aligning that with scripture, because research by itself might not matter, but researching and aligning it. Okay. And so now let's do this. Um, let's, let's continue doing both like, like things that anybody's going to agree with and things that Christians are going to agree with. Right. So like, like with, with the scripture, we might have listeners that don't right, yeah, agree with it. Yeah. So um, scholarly research. Yeah. Now with experts in their field, I'm putting scripture on a list because all, all three of us believe that Jesus is King. And, right. and so it is, it is, it is on our checklist, you know? And so let's say, for example, let's say you're listening and you're not a believer. And so you're not going to put, um, testing it and aligning it with scripture on your checklist yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and you can go back to Rosario Butterfield. Um, I would encourage you and, I, and I, there's been stories of this, that if people have like gone in to either try to, um, try to dis- disprove the Bible or reject it or whatever. But the, if they're being told, you know, honest and humble, which is going to be another checklist thing here. Um, they actually found, Oh, actually that's kind of cool. I like that wisdom. I think I will ascribe to that, but so we're there. Hopefully, you know, other people will get there. So, so the more research and details you're doing, that's probably the better off you are with discernment. Mm-hmm. The more it's aligning with scripture, um, we, we would all believe then that's a good thing on the checklist. What else would you add? Um, Another thing that would be interesting to have is what do people that disagree with you on a lot of things think about it? Just like as you're thinking through different issues, if it's something that um, you're presenting something and someone that you normally like, I have friends that are across the aisle for me politically. And if they're agreeing with something that I'm finding, then there's Mm. a pretty good chance that there's something to it. Obviously that doesn't work for everything um, because of the different ideologies, but that might be something. So if those who typically disagree are actually in accord on this, that might be a, a good sign. Mm-hmm. Or or it could be a bad sign. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I feel yeah. like that could go either way. Yeah, yeah you might, they might make you think though, oh shoot, they're all, you know, someone I'm totally disagreement with all the time agrees with me. Maybe I should <laughs> look at, it, it could go either way. And see what I'd recommend is like, if you're listening, you're making this list as well. Uh, you know, what's one of our rules about when you're making lists? Don't do what? As you're making the list, don't evaluate as yeah, you make the yeah, list. Yeah, don't right? evaluate. Yeah. You just make the list. So we're making this list, and then I'll probably go back and rank them. 
So like that one might be low, lower down the list. So you put the strongest ones first mm-hmm. uh, and kind of go in that direction. Um, another one for me would be attitude. So for example, I know that when I'm I don't get drunk anymore, but when I, when I was drunk, I made bad decisions. But now I know that when I get angry, I typically am not thinking clearly. So I would say having a the more cool headed I am. That's going to be a good thing, you know. So by by the more cool headed, I mean less angry, um, etc. This doesn't mean that if one is angry, they're thinking wrongly. I just want to be honest that I feel like anger does cloud our judgment, and so if you want to create this checklist and you still come to the same conclusion when you're clear headed, right? So I, I would add that. What else would you add? I would say, um, and this would be very specific to certain topics, but. How much unnecessary harm is it bringing? Oh, unnecessary harm. Like, because if you're holding to a position and if you, you know, and it's the position you're holding to is very harmful to almost everything else or everybody Hmm. else around you or a lot. It doesn't have to be everybody. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a lack of discernment in in your argument or the position you're holding. Mm -hmm. That goes with love and the whole unpacking we did there. Yeah. So, yeah, so the more beneficial some days. Now, that can get complicated. Yes, very. Because there could be different theories that each contribute benefit. Right. But, yeah, but I, I feel like it needs to be on the list, though. What else would you add? Um, I'm not really sure off the top of my head. So, we're, we're purposely want, want to make these uh, quicker, just kind of to the point deal, 25 to, to 40 minutes or so, and I think we're pretty much approaching that yeah, time. Yeah, 29.30. So, so what we'll do is we'll actually stop here, or we're at wrap, wrap up here. Um, and it's like, so what was the point of this one? First, just to kind of introduce the, the topic or the issue at large. But then we actually got to a practical thing, and, we, and we're going to leave it to the to you guys when we get off the podcast to the listeners as well. Make make yourself a list. Uh, talk with other people, see what what they would have on their list because they may come up with a good idea, and make a list of like seven to twelve things on your checklist of. Um, is it more likely that I'm having discernment right now? Hmm. And so put those seven to 12 items, maybe go ahead and rank them in a certain order, however you want to order them, um, and then use that list. And, and, and of course, for the rest of your life, you may find that some of those things need to come off the list. Other things will, need, will get added to the list or whatever. So, so that would be kind of the, uh, the homework assignment, um, is to create yourself a, a working, in-progress checklist of things that will help me Increase my confidence that I'm having clear-headed discernment uh, as I go to the next deal. Because then what will happen is, is then like maybe maybe we'll go ahead and do this in the second episode. Um, is we'll say now, given that you're going through this checklist and you've got some more discernment, what's the next round of questions to be asking yourself and others, etc. The idea being here, this may end up going for a couple episodes and maybe like three or four rounds of thinking before you could even address. Uh, the issue at hand, and 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 because what and what I like about this is some of these specific issues, whether this is homosexuality or uh, is the Bible relevant for our lives, you know, etc. These are actual ones that we'll have discussions on in the fireside chats. But we can come back to these little checklists that we've set up to say, you know, to to, um, to use as we're going along. And and one thing to to throw in here real quick, because I know you're trying to wrap up, is yeah. um, I think one of the biggest things, other than the looking up information is ask yourself and think about this. Why do I hold the position that I hold? And, um, that can bring some clarity. 
Yeah, and we and we'll go into this in the next episode. Talking about the gut versus rational, or as the the author um, of that book I mentioned, he talks about the elephant versus the rider on the elephant. But we'll, we'll go into that later. Um, so, Zach, do you have anything else that you'd want to add as we wrap this up? I don't think so. So th- th- it's, it's funny because like we're just getting going, you know. Yeah. yeah. But I think again, one of the points of these fireside chats is someone could just listen on their way to work, you know, if they got uh, or they're exercising and just get something to think about. So for you, the listener, um, how can you tell if you're having honest discernment uh, on some topic? So we'll wrap up with that. Thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll see you at the the next episode of the fireside chats. <laughs>